Hey listeners, thank you so much for clicking play on Nat Theo. I want to make sure you know about our March geology giveaway. It goes along with our newest episode, How is a Geode Made? And you can enter to win a geode cracking kit and a beautiful picture book called If You Find a Rock. Enter to win at erinlinum.com slash giveaway. Hello world, wake me up to another good, good morning time to go. smile upon my face because there's excitement in the chase this i know welcome to the nat theo podcast where we explore nature the bible and what both of them show us about our creator god who made this wild and wonderful world i'm your host aaron lynam i'm a certified master naturalist Bible teacher and author, and I am so excited to explore God's word and his created world with you. Imagine you are a tiny fly buzzing around when your antennas pick up on a sweet, tasty smell. It smells familiar, maybe like one of your favorite meals. Following the tasty scent, you move in to investigate. You get closer and closer. The smell is getting stronger and your stomach is grumbling. You find a place to land for a closer look when, snap, you are stuck. This is the story of a fly who has just been tricked and trapped by a Venus flytrap. Have you ever heard of such a strange and fascinating plant? We are about to learn all about it. Here's our trail map for today. We are going to look at the question, do Venus flytraps come from space? Where did the Venus flytrap get its funny name and where do they come from? We are going to look at two theories or ideas as to why Venus flytraps eat insects. We will look at how do Venus flytraps catch insects and what can the design of Venus flytraps teach us about sensing God's Holy Spirit? I want to thank Jenny for requesting this lesson. And if you have a creature or something in nature that you'd like to learn about on the Nat Theo podcast, you can submit your episode ideas on the contact form at erinlinum.com slash or at the link in today's show notes. Before we begin, you can download and print a free coloring sheet to go along with today's lesson on Venus flytraps. And if you want more resources, you can get a full episode activity guide when you join our Nat Theo Club. You can get those links in today's show notes. I have a trivia question for you before we dive in, and it is this. What insect does a Venus flytrap not want for lunch. I know that sounds like the beginning of a joke, but it really is our trivia question. So make a guess as to which insect a Venus flytrap does not want to eat for lunch. 
So if these crazy, fascinating plants are called Venus flytraps, are they from the planet Venus? Do they come from outer space? Definitely not. You see, Venus is far too hot for any plants or life to live on. The surface temperature of Venus is around 870 degrees Fahrenheit. You can compare that to Earth, which has an average surface temperature of about 59 degrees Fahrenheit. You know what is fascinating to think about? Earth is perfectly designed for life. It is incredibly habitable. What does habitable mean? It means it's suitable or good enough to live on. As scientists learn more about our galaxy, they've seen that Earth is the only planet uniquely and specially created for life. Do you know what a vital sign is? If you go to a doctor's office, a nurse will first check your vital signs. She'll take your temperature and place a stethoscope on your heart to check your heartbeat. She'll take your pulse and check your breathing. If any of those vital signs are off or showing wrong numbers, that is a big red flag that something is not right. Vital signs tell a doctor right away whether something is wrong with the way your body is working. The universe also has vital signs. Now, they are a little more complex or complicated than ours are, but put simply, there are vital signs in the universe that must be exactly perfect for people, creatures, and plants to live on Earth. If any of those vital signs were just a tiny bit off, we could not live. I'll share with you one of those vital signs. It is called lambda. Huh? Lambda is a bit difficult to understand but it basically tells scientists how quickly the universe is expanding or moving outward. It's kind of like when you blow up a balloon and it expands and gets bigger. The universe is doing that, but don't worry, it is not about to pop. Lambda tells us how quickly the universe is expanding or moving outward. Lambda has to be an exact number for life to exist on Earth. The chance of lambda being that exact number, are you ready for this? It's one in a trillion, 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 trillion. That's 10 trillions in a row. Basically, it's impossible, except if someone dialed the lambda number just right. And thankfully, God did. That is just one example of vital signs in the universe. The more we discover about the universe, the more we realize that this could not be by chance. In fact, many scientists who spend their lives studying these fascinating things decide to believe in and follow God because they look at the universe and realize someone must have set it up just right. In science and theology or the study of God, this is called the fine-tuning of the universe. 
Hey parents and caregivers, if you want to learn more about the fine tuning of the universe and how to teach your children about it, I write extensively about it in my new book, Rooted in Wonder, Nurturing Your Family's Faith Through God's Creation. You can pick up a copy of Rooted in Wonder at the link in today's show notes or on Amazon, or get a signed copy when you join the Nat Theo Club at the Plus Membership. I don't know about you, but I'm very glad that God dialed in the universe for us to be able to live and live well on earth. So what does all of this have to do with Venus flytraps? Well, a Venus flytrap, despite its name, cannot live or come from Venus. God designed earth perfectly for plants, creatures, and humans to live. And Venus flytraps only grow on Earth. And although you can purchase them in many stores, in the wild they only grow natively or naturally in a very small part of the United States, in South and North Carolina. That is pretty far from Venus. If they are from the Carolinas, where did they get their outer space name? In 1769, so 255 years ago, a man named John Ellis, who worked with plants, found the Venus flytrap in North Carolina. He was so stunned by the plant's beauty that he wrote about it in a letter to Carl Linnaeus. Do you remember who Carl Linnaeus was? We learned about him on episode 11. He was the man who categorized living things so we can better understand how nature works together. When John Ellis wrote to Carl about the plant, he called it by the scientific name, Dianea muscapula. Let's break down that name into its two parts, Dianea muscapula. Dianea referred to the ancient false Greek goddess Diana, who the Greeks thought of as a goddess of love. The Romans called this goddess Venus. It's likely that when John Ellis found the plant, the beauty of its white flowers made him think of the Greek goddess who was thought to be very beautiful. Muscapula is Latin for mousetrap. Of course, this plant is not catching mice, but flies and other insects. So from that scientific name, we have the common name Venus flytrap. What is fascinating about Venus flytraps is that they are carnivorous plants. Carnivorous means they eat other organisms or living things, mostly insects. Why do some plants eat insects? Could that really be how God originally meant them to work? There are several theories as to why this might be. What is a theory? A theory is an explanation for why things happen or act in a certain way. A theory is much more than a guess. It is based on observation or what we see and experimentation. Much of science is based on theories. It's important to understand what is a theory, which is an idea based on what we see, and what is a fact which is proven. So when you hear a theory, like the ones that I'm about to tell you about, 
Remember that it is not proven, but it is based on a lot of research. In science, we get to use our imaginations and learn to research well and come up with ideas as to how and why God created things in certain ways. When thinking about a theory, it's important to look at how science works and what God's word says, because science and God's word agree with each other and work together. That's because God created nature and he wrote the Bible. So a strong theory should make sense in science and agree with what we read in the Bible. Let's look at two theories or ideas as to why Venus flytraps eat insects. The first theory is that God originally designed Venus flytraps to eat insects, and that's okay because insects might not be alive in the same way that humans and plants are. The second theory we will look at is that after sin cursed the world, God might have redesigned Venus flytraps to meet their new needs. Let's look closely at both of these theories. Theory number one says that insects might not be alive in the same way as animals or humans. So Venus flytraps could eat them in the original creation without it actually being death. On episode 15, we learned that plants are not alive in the same way that animals and humans are. They lack the Hebrew word nefesh, which means spirit. Likewise, insects are not referred to in the Bible as having nefesh or spirit. They might be in a different category of God's creation, like plants are. And so if that is true, it would be fine for plants to devour or absorb insects in God's original creation. Now, some carnivorous plants have been known to eat small animals, which do have nefesh or living spirit. If this theory is correct, then this could be an example of nature stepping out of bounds of God's design and doing something it wasn't created to do because of sin's curse. Now let's look at theory number two, which says that Venus flytraps were not originally meant to eat insects. You see, this theory says that God may have redesigned things after the world was cursed by sin because there would have been new needs. Originally, God gave us everything we needed in the plant world to eat. We see this in Genesis 1, 29-30, after God made the first humans, Adam and Eve. We read, God said, Look, I have given you all the plants that have grain for seeds and all the trees whose fruit have seeds in them. They will be food for you. I have given all the green plants as food for every wild animal, every bird of the air, and every small crawling animal. Humans and animals had everything they needed to eat from plants. But after sin entered the world, God allowed us to also eat meat from animals. In a similar way, the same could be true with carnivorous plants. You see, just like God originally gave us all we needed and plants to eat, he also gave Venus flytraps everything they needed to eat through nutrients in the soil, and through the sun. 
Venus flytraps eat or get energy from nutrients in the soil or dirt, as well as through a process called photosynthesis. Photosynthesis is a design God made in plants to help them turn the sun's energy into food. In God's original, perfect design, the soil would have been packed full of good, healthy nutrients. And I think the Venus flytrap would have had everything that it needed. Venus flytraps still get what they need through the soil and sun. But in a broken world, it's not always enough. Much of the soil on earth is depleted or empty of nutrients. And so God might have made a different provision for the Venus flytraps. It's very possible and makes sense that God did some redesigning when sin cursed the world. We see a biblical example of this in Genesis 3, 17 to 18, which says, So I will put a curse on the ground. The ground will produce thorns and weeds for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. Plants that most likely did not originally have thorns and thistles now did. It's possible God redesigned other things in nature as well, like giving the Venus flytrap the ability to trap and eat insects since it wouldn't be able to get all that it needed from the soil and the sun. If you want to learn more about these interesting theories, I'll link to a helpful article in today's show notes. Listener, it is okay that we don't know for sure why Venus flytraps eat insects. We can have different ideas about these things. What's important is that we always line up our thoughts and ideas with what the Bible says and make sure they agree with God's word and make sense in light of who our creator is and how he acts. So we looked at two reasons why the Venus flytrap might eat insects, but how does it catch its prey? or it's lunch. Well, that is a fascinating and smart design. Let's dive into it. The Venus flytrap has a sweet nectar that first draws insects towards them. If you look at a Venus flytrap or a picture of one, you will see the little trap-like leaves that are hinged at their base, creating a sort of trap waiting to be triggered. It looks a bit like an open mouth with sharp teeth. But what tells the flytrap when there is an insect inside and when to shut its trap? The Venus flytrap has something called mechanoreceptors. We also have mechanoreceptors in our skin. They are tiny sensors that sense a touch or pressure on our skin. Let's try testing out our mechanoreceptors. Hold out your right hand in front of you with your palm facing up. With your left hand, extend your pointer finger and touch the palm of your right hand as lightly, as gently as you can. See if you can touch your palm without feeling it. You probably can't. That's because the mechanoreceptors in your skin are very sensitive. As soon as they detect any touch, they will tell your brain about it. The same mechanoreceptors signal to a venous flytrap when there is something touching their trap, which causes a change in frequencies and an electrical signal, which, when it gets strong enough, closes the trap. 
When I think about mechanoreceptors and all of the senses that God has given us with touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing, I love to think about the ways that God has also made us sensitive to his Holy Spirit. If you believe in and follow Jesus as your Savior, you have God's Holy Spirit inside of you. No, not physically inside of your body, but in your spirit. And his Holy Spirit is our helper. Jesus told his followers about this helper in John 14, 26. He said, but the helper will teach you everything and will cause you to remember all that I told you. This helper is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. God's Holy Spirit is our helper. He helps us know what God wants. He also helps us understand the Bible. Did you know that our senses can get weaker or stronger? We can actually train them and strengthen them. The same is true with how we sense God's Spirit. Some ways we can become more sensitive to God's Spirit in our life are praying through Scripture, so talking to God as you read the Bible, spending time in prayer, spending time in nature, sit or walk for a few minutes in silence thinking about God, worshiping and praising God, and spending time with others who believe in God. Those are all ways that we can grow in our sensitivity to God's spirit. Just like mechanoreceptors in Venus flytraps and in our own skin, we can sense when God's spirit is doing something in our spirit. As we strengthen that sense and grow more sensitive to God's spirit, we will draw closer to God and better understand what he wants for our lives. Do you remember our trivia question? What insect does a Venus flytrap not want to eat for lunch? Venus flytraps don't eat bees. And this is fascinating because bees help Venus flytraps by pollinating them. So maybe Venus flytraps don't like their taste. But it's also likely that God designed them not to eat bees because bees help spread seeds and create more Venus flytraps. Now it's your time to explore. This week, take time to strengthen your senses out in nature. You can do this by turning off one sense and focusing on another. Make sure you are in a safe spot and not moving. Sit down and close your eyes. Focus on what you hear. Can you hear birds chirping or snow crunching? Or focus on your sense of touch. Grab a stick and hold it in your hands. Close your eyes and run your fingers along the stick. See if you can memorize some of its bends and twists or knots. Most importantly, strengthen your sensitivity to God's spirit by spending time in prayer and reading the Bible. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this lesson, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review Nat Theo and share this episode with a friend. Oh, we are all